What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am your host for today, Simon Voyanos, aka Coach V, and here we go. We got another season of women's college flag football here on the NAIA level going into year four here. So we're going to be seeing a lot of you know farewell tours basically for our seniors out there for the first group of athletes who really took this thing on and were the first pioneers and so that's definitely gonna be sad but you know there's gonna be a lot of newcomers to the women's college football world as we have a number of new programs which we're gonna talk about on this episode but first things first though uh we are going to talk about two other teams who are already established and on these previews what we're gonna do we're gonna talk about last year if there is a last year to talk about we'll talk about departures players returning players who got recognized for you know one of our awards or uh whatnot i guess there's no conference awards here since the two teams that we'll be talking about that already established are not currently in conferences but you know we'll talk about all that stuff talk about some storylines going into this season and then with the new teams you know we'll talk about the coach we'll talk about the players they have some players that we expect to be big contributors and talk about their schedule moving forward as we have a couple of new additions to the two major conferences here in the Sun Conference and the KCAC. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and hop into this here. We're going to talk about a team that was actually a new program last year in the first year. And that is Campbellsville out of Kentucky. Let's talk about how last year went. Actually went pretty solidly here. Went 5-14, and 14, which is the best record out of all the new programs that started last season. So you got to be happy about that. Let's talk about, I guess, some of the games here. Some of the key games here. They played a mix of JUCO teams and teams in the NAIA. So with that being said, they did beat Brian and Stratton College 6-0. to zero. That was their first win ever. Then they beat Cotty 31-0 in a crazy game there to go ahead and capitalize on a pretty successful week of games that they got to host in their stadium. They would then play another two-year program, I believe, in the University of Fort Lauderdale, winning 6-0. They would then beat Brian and Stratt College uh, two more times at the end of the season, 12-6 and 6-0. And the NAIA Finals, I believe they were the only new program who participated in these NAIA National Champ or not National Championships, but NAIA National Finals here. And, you know, there was a lot of positives to take away from it. They held Warner to only six points, losing just barely 0-6 to six in the rain there to start their week. And, you know, that's a pretty impressive dub. They are still a talented squad. They were injured at the time. But to hold them to only six and only lose by that much, that's pretty good if you are Campbellsville. Then they would go ahead and play Midland later that day and lose, unfortunately, 30-0. to It was a double elimination bracket, so that would unfortunately end their season there. But a lot to work with, you know, a lot to work on. Played a lot of games, um, played a lot of opponents from both the KCAC, the Sun Conference as well. I'm looking at their schedule here, and I mean... They played some of the top teams in the Sun Conference. They played both Thomas 
and Saint or yeah, Saint Thomas here, who were in that conference championship in the Sun Conference. They also played Kansas Wesleyan, who was in the KCAC conference championship, as well as Midland, who was just short of that championship as well. So they played a real tough schedule there, as well as some other teams like you know Warner Weber, and then like I said, the junior colleges like Florida Gateway, who I believed won the JUCO championship and then brian and stratton college who they got multiple wins over so all together you know a solid amount of wins five and 14 that is not bad at all you know played some close games as well um lost to reinhardt just narrowly here seven to 12 is what i see and then a handful of other i lost to them again i guess eight to 18 as well so some tough losses there though in my opinion at the time those were definitely winnable games it just kind of slipped from them uh they also just barely lost to midland two times six to 12 in ot and six to 13 you know those would have been great wins as well and so that firmly places campbellsville in a pretty solid spot moving forward here now as far as far as playmakers corner recognition goes pmc recognition goes we had one player selected to our all freshman team our pmc all freshman team which is jc harper their standout linebacker she turns up for them and was really productive there are also a couple other players i want to shout out here of note presley Payne. she is somebody that really impressed they ran the offense through her and she's a great athlete over there the only reason she wasn't on the all freshman team despite being a first year player is because technically she is, uh, or sorry, was a sophomore, I believe, at the time. So she couldn't make that all-freshman team list. But Presley Payne, she will be returning. She is on the roster here for 2024. You can expect her to get the ball a lot, whether it's at receiver or running back. They also bring back one of their quarterbacks here, Inunelli Kiros. Uh, she will now be a sophomore here. Had a solid season, had some ups, had some downs, but... With another season of football under her belt, especially on the college level, and then another off season under her belt, you could definitely expect some big things. Some other athletes to look out for: Hannah Love, she did her thing. Uh, the Beecher sisters, Annalise Beecher and Angeline Beecher, you know they're both sophomores now. Expect them to both continue to take that step forward as far as chemistry goes, and you know get better in that with their quarterbacks or whoever starts at quarterback for them. Annalise Beecher, I do want to note, was somebody who was hurt for a lot of the season. So hopefully getting her back for this full season will help them out a lot as she's a very talented receiver for them. So there you go there. Now, before we talk about additions, let me go ahead and talk about some players who left here. Some players who are not on the roster, graduated or transferred. Um, these two players... I don't know what happened. I'm just going to be honest with you. They were on the roster last year, and then this year they're just not. So they're not on the team anymore is what I assume here. But one of them is Alexis Thomas, who was a standout receiver for them. That is kind of a tough loss. She was their passing game a lot of the time, you know, in a lot of the games that I was able to watch. So that is tough, but it does open up room for other receivers to step up in there. And then another player as well who I don't think got a whole lot of playing time here, but Gabriella uh, Meteoros, I want to say. She is no longer on the roster as well. But 
Cablesville, they have continued to stock up here and get some players. A lot of players from Kentucky. Uh, I can't, mo most of these players are from Kentucky, these new additions. We have one from Tennessee, one from, I believe that's Indiana, and then one from Texas. And so let's just go ahead and go down the line here. Tamaya Woody out of Eastern High School uh, in Texas. JC Bell from McCreary Central uh, in Kentucky. As well as Jaden Lyons from McCreary Central. You also have Shalom Bur Burton, I want to say, from Presentation Academy in Kentucky. Journey Knowles from Scott Hills High School in Tennessee. Brooklyn Bramley from Monroe County, Kentucky. Carly Troutman from Silver Creek High School in Indiana. Cora Robinson from Woodford County High School in Kentucky. And then Emily Gardner from Marion County High School in Kentucky. Now, as far as players who should be i guess you know big additions to this team uh honestly i'm not really sure i feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of starters coming back so i assume that they're gonna roll with a lot of those same players and athletes that were in the system the year before as it did take them a little bit to get things going but i think another year you know looking at the film learning developing all that will go a long way for them so i don't know if any, how many of these uh, freshmen will contribute right away? We will see. Most likely, a lot of them are probably players that you want to stash or just have for depth for the future here. But don't be surprised if they switch some things up and get them in there for sure. I expect some of them to go ahead and compete and prove me wrong and get in there. So there you go there. But that's how the roster is looking like. Let's go ahead and go to their schedule for this 2024 season. So... They will play a mixed schedule as well. They are not in a conference, Campbellsville isn't, so they are going to play a lot of teams from different areas here. And so I'm just going to go ahead and say here that they'll play Milligan, who will have a team, which we'll talk about later uh, this season, and will play this season, so that will be huge. But they do open up against Point University at West Point or in West Point, Georgia. So that will be on the road there. Have a couple games actually to start on the road before they come back to Kentucky and play in Finley Stadium. I'm just going to list those off real quick here. They So they play Point, like I said, in Georgia. Point is a new team who we'll talk about later. After that, they will play Milligan there in Georgia. It looks like right after the game as far as... And by the way, I'm recording this on January 24th, so that's the schedule as of today. Then they'll play a couple... Uh, junior colleges in Pratt College in Kansas and Heston in Kansas as well on that same day. And then the next day, they will go ahead and play Kansas Wesleyan there on Sunday. Following that, they'll go ahead and play Cotty while they are there. And then eventually, they have almost a month off here. I'm sure they might schedule more games here between March 3rd and March 28th. We will see. I'm sure their spring break is probably thrown in there somewhere. But... <clears throat> they are going to go ahead and come back on the 28th on Thursday and host Milligan in their stadium on that, or I guess, I believe this is within a week of each other. So they'll play Milligan on the 28th. Then next week, they'll play Warner and Brian Stratton, Weber, Thomas, 
in that same week all in Campbellsville. So that'll be a treat for those fans there to see them play Warner Weber, Thomas, great programs, as well as Brian and Stratton, who they've had the number of for a while. And then as well, playing fellow non-conference team Milligan will be an interesting one. That could actually be a budding rivalry, that Kentucky-Tennessee rivalry, Campbellsville versus Milligan. We will see what happens there. The following week there, then they go to Florida to play a couple of teams. They play Warner. Uh, they play University of Fort Lauderdale. They play Weber. And then they go back. Well, I guess they don't go back to Kentucky, but they go to Tennessee this time to go ahead and play Milligan. So they'll be, they'll be playing Milligan in three different states, uh, which is crazy. They'll play them in Georgia, Kentucky, and Tennessee here. And then following that, they're going to go ahead and go to Wisconsin to play Brian and Stratton College, as well as Graceland University tentatively um, later that week. And then following that, you have their NAIA playoffs slash championships um, nationals. So, and I assume that'll be in Georgia there. So, they have a pretty interesting schedule here. I think there are a lot of teams that could beat here. Potentially be, I think Point, Milligan, you know, obviously those are two teams they should be able to match up relatively well against being fellow first and second year programs. The junior colleges, they should be able to play pretty close here. They will play Cotty again. That could be an interesting game, I think. Uh, that could be a really close game, I believe. So we'll see. And then they get some tough teams here, like Thomas, Weber, uh, Weber twice, I believe. Warder as well, I think, will have a... Maybe a down season probably in the Sun Conference. We'll talk about that later whenever that season preview comes out. But I think an out-of-conference game, so Warner will still be tough. But there's going to be a good back here. They should probably improve over their five-win mark. But, you know, we'll see things happen. It's going to be a very interesting year for these Campbellsville Tigers. As they head into year two, having a lot of experience from last year. So really excited for Campbellsville going into this 2024 season. Alright, now moving on to another team who is a non-conference team. As in, they're not in a conference. And they'll be an independent as, well, for women's flag football, they'll be an, an independent. And that is Milligan out of Tennessee here. They took last year off. They had they hired, first off, they hired a new coach last year in Ryan Witten. That's their new head coach over there. That is the brother of Jason Witten, by the way. And so they hired him and they decided to take last year off there to prepare for this season, which I think is the right thing to do. You know, you want to bolster your numbers. You want to make sure your girls and your athletes are all comfortable while they're there because the short history of Milligan has been really, really tough. I mean, I'm looking at some of their scores from the last games here. Lost to Thomas 74 to zero. And that was Thomas's first year. KWU lost to them 46-0, lost to St. Mary's 49-7. It was a rough go. It was honestly a rough go for Milligan. I think they needed the year off. I believe that was the right decision there. And so with that being said, you know, they are now going into this year, not a new program, but a revived program. Uh, almost a new program, but definitely a revived program under new leadership. Now, with that being said, unfortunately, you had a number of players who graduated last year and are leaving the team, are no longer on the roster, like Liz Burns, Ava Sorrentino, Maya Yuri, and Catherine Allen. All those players were big contributors for them. Liz Burns, Maya, 
think Ava as well. Uh, those players were all either like like just very involved in their offense. I remember getting to watch Milligan against Cody a couple years ago, or when Milligan hosted Cody and those teams years ago, and I remember seeing them make a lot of plays over there. And so they're out. They're out. Those players. But they do return a number of players here. I believe six players in junior Blake Lee Aulis, their center cornerback, uh, Matt, senior Madeline Kelly, their wide receiver linebacker, Caitlin Quinn, she's now a sophomore, but that was a wide receiver safety. Elena Green, a junior wide receiver safety now. Bethany Stevens, a junior wide receiver linebacker. And then Angela Urea, or Urea, excuse me if I say that wrong, and please message us on the podcast um, social medias to correct me if I am wrong here. But anyways, Angela, she play, she's a junior and plays running back and linebacker. So they have a solid core of six that they will be, be bringing back here. But on top of that, they do have a pretty big recruiting class that'll bolster their numbers bigger than this program has ever seen before with a lot of recruits here and so I'm just going to go down the line and list all of them here and then talk about the ones that I think will be big time contributors in my opinion. So starting with Sakaya Newell, uh, wide receiver linebacker from Douglasville High School in Georgia, Jazz Wiggleton, running back rusher from Grovetown High School, Georgia, Sarah Rancorn, wide receiver safety from Clarksville, Tennessee, um, and I believe that is the high school as well. I could be wrong. Maybe it is. It, it, actually, it might be the city. Sorry, it might be the city here. Um, moving on, though, we have Bridget Keezer, uh, a quarterback, just listed at quarterback, from Hatfield, Pennsylvania. We have Michaela Davis, running back safety from Bradenton, Florida. You have Sam Urso, center linebacker from Davie, Florida. Abilin, yeah, Abilin LaPrise, or LaPrise, I want to say, wide receiver safety from West Forsyth Hugh High School. Yeah, that's a high school. In Georgia, Sophia Ortiz, running back linebacker from Groveton High School, Georgia. Ashley Fer Ferrari, or uh, I definitely just butchered that. Ferreira, excuse me, Ashley Ferreira, center linebacker from Staten Island, New York. Um, played for SIG, I believe. Ashton Weirly, wide receiver safety from Hamilton, Georgia. Trinity Gillespie, running back rusher from Milton, Georgia. Reagan Guess, wide receiver, cornerback from Johnson City, Tennessee. And then Kiara Guzman Sacapolu, uh, running back and linebacker from Las Vegas, Nevada. So actually, now that I'm reading some of these out loud, pretty sure most of those are cities. Excuse me if I am wrong there. I know it's different for a lot of, or some of these season previews are different from others. But a really healthy recruiting class here. This is probably going to be the cornerstone of this new era of Milligan flag football. As they return 6 and add 13 to give them a really healthy number of 19 players on this roster. Which is definitely above average for women's flag football as far as college programs go. So a lot of players here. Um, I'm just going to go down the line here. I think it is also worth saying that they actually scrimmage Campbellsville last fall. Was able to look at their highlight reel which is posted on Huddle there. And so was able to look at a couple different players. But... 
I'm just going to go down the line and talk about some of the players that I think will be big time. Uh, mostly freshmen, I think. They'll be big time. Obviously, you have your returners. They're going to do their thing. I expect them to you know, be the leaders for the squad. But I think this freshman group will be huge for a Milligan team that is usually not used to having so many players that you could plug and play and not have to play both ways. You know, and so starting with Sarah Rankhorn, uh, Rankhorn, the wide receiver safety from Clarksville, Tennessee. She brought in a long, deep bomb from Bridget Keyser, who looks to be their starting quarterback, by the way. Uh, but she brought in a long catch from her quarterback in that scrimmage, showing off her speed. She could definitely be an interesting option there, showing great hands. And it was a solid co coverage, too. But also, she's just faster than them. And so that's definitely somebody to look out for. Um, I want to talk about their quarterback here real quick here. Y'all know I'm a quarterback guy. But Bridget Keyser, quarterback from Hatfield, Pennsylvania, a strong-armed lefty quarterback, kind of lit up Campbellsville in the scrimmage. I'm not going to lie. She consistently made a lot of effortless throws over the middle and deep. Keyser may be the face of Milligan women's football sooner than later and a potential freshman of the year candidate if I do say so myself I know it's very early on but she's definitely somebody that we're going to keep an eye on um I was very impressed by the film that I saw against Campbellsville in that scrimmage and Campbellsville we just talked about them isn't a bad program you know played some real tough teams faced some really good quarterbacks and so for Bridget Keyser to really turn up that says a lot, you know, that says a lot. She was making a lot of good reads, a lot of good throws. Hey, every women's flag football program needs a quarterback to be a contender or to start being a contender and being, you know, held seriously. And I think Milligan has found a great one right here in Bridget Keyser. So definitely keep an eye on her. She can make a lot of throws. She's going to do a lot for this offense. Another player that I want to shout out is Michaela Davis, running back safety from Bradenton, Florida. Uh, just a very heavily decorated player from high school. In high school, she made the Florida, or sorry, FACA All-State team and was an all-county player playing running back. And, you know, I think she could be a great checkdown option, bring a lot of stability for this program. Could also be a good slot receiver, in my opinion, to change things up. I think she has good speed and agility there. And, you know, coming from Florida, these Florida players, they're always seasoned. They bring a just a different level of competition and experience to any program they go to. And so for Milligan to go ahead and poach one of these players from Florida all the way from Florida to Tennessee, that is big time. And so for Keyser, I think that's going to be somebody that you could definitely count on as a good checkdown option and someone that can move those sticks and get them some good yardage when other teams bring the heat. So definitely look out for Davis there as well. And then last but not least, I can't talk about every player, but I do want to mention this player here, Ashley Ferreira here, center linebacker from Staten Island, New York. Played for SIG, which is the Staten Island Giants, one of the best women's flag football uh, clubs in the entire country. And that's a winning club. You know, that's a winning club that is always competing, playing hard, always puts players, uh, gets players to the next level and whatnot. And so to snag another player like that who, you know, was part of a great culture over there, a very competitive one, that is absolutely huge for Milligan as they are looking to change their own culture, bringing in all these players who are experienced and know what it's like to compete on a very high level. 
And now, that's not to say that some of these athletes who haven't played flag football as much as these other recruits aren't going to go ahead and contribute. I do expect there to be a surprise for Milligan this season. And for there to be a player that maybe hasn't had a whole ton of experience, but could really turn up for them. And so, we'll just have to see what happens, but I, I really like this roster that Milligan has put together. You know, you got some really good returners here. You got a quarterback who I like a lot. I'm really excited to see her play against Point. Hopefully that's streamed and whatnot. And so we'll just have to see what happens there. So there you go. That is the new look Milligan Buffaloes here. Let's go ahead and look at their schedule, uh, which is now out. So like I said, they are not in a conference here, but... You know, they're going to play a whole ton of different teams, starting with Point, just like Campbellsville. They're going to go ahead and play them to start the season in Georgia. That's going to be huge. And then they play Campbellsville later that day as well. And so I think that's going to be a good opportunity for them to play a first-year program and then a second-year program, you know. And for Milligan, they're not a first- or second-year program, but... With them restarting, they basically are in that range. And so that'll definitely be interesting. Uh, after that, they're going to go and play Life, which is another first-year program. That'll be huge. And then it looks like they're going to go ahead and host on March 9th Reinhardt, which is a good program, a second-year program, as well as Campbellsville again. Following that, they should be going to that Georgia Invitational, obviously in Georgia. So there's that. And then they're going to make a trip to Florida while they're there in the or at the end of March to go play Weber, Warner, Florida Gateway, which is a very good uh, junior college program over there, I believe. They won the national championship, um, the junior college national championship for women's flag football. So that'll be a great test. And then they go ahead and play Campbellsville on the way back home. So there you go there. But the following week, then they go back to Cablesville to play a tough contender in Thomas, following that playing Warner. And then they play Brian and Strata College, Florida Gateway. They go to Life again to play them, as well as Reinhardt again to play them later that week, before ending the season versus Cablesville. And they have listed a game against NC Central. I don't know if that's going to happen. We will see what happens there, though. But a pretty good mix here. They're playing some tough teams, but also a good mix of first-year programs like Life and second-year programs and Reinhardt as well. I think they could surprise a lot of people and have a pretty good season here, honestly. I, I, I'm not going to make any crazy you know, predictions, but I do think they could definitely match probably their win total over the first couple years. Uh, that this program was able to put together. I, I think they only won two games in their first two years. I think they could honestly, realistically, win anywhere from five to seven-ish games here. I'm not going to say who, because I think that's going to stir the pot just a little bit. But if you want to know who, you can always message us and we'll let you know. Or, you know, maybe not. I don't know. But I like this Milligan team. I like the direction they're going to. They've built for a year. Now it's time to go ahead and go to work and have some fun, you know, so really excited to see them back in action, see this new look Milligan team go to work. 
All right, now let's go ahead and talk about Baker University. They will be joining the KCAC here right away. And, you know, let's talk Let's talk about their coach. Let's talk about their leader here, head coach Willie Perez. 20 years of flag football experience, including uh, experience as the quarterback leading Team USA's men's team in both the national and world championships. Also was recently named the head coach of the U.S. National Girls 15U team, which is absolutely huge. And previous to that was the head coach app. And then I'm definitely going to butcher this, but I believe it's... Monsignor Edward Pace High School in Florida, which I'm familiar with the name. I know they're a good program down there in Florida, was head coach over there for a couple of years. And so Coach Perez here, a whole ton of experience, you know, a, a lot of experience. I know he's going to get these kids right. This is probably as good of a coaching hire as you could get as the first year program. And so that really puts them ahead of schedule there. Uh, getting the right guy, right, or girl to lead your program, a first-year program, especially when you're joining a tough conference like the KCAC. Now, let's go ahead and talk about some of the players that they have here. Uh, I believe this time it'll be players. I'm going to list the high school they went to and where they are from. And so I'm just going to go down the line and list a whole bunch here. And then talk about the important ones. So we have Shamaya Williams, sophomore from Homestead, Florida. Destiny Martinez, sophomore from Central High School in Florida. Uh, Daniela, Daniela Gonzalez Takashima, Mexicali. She's from Mexico. We talked about her on last year's set of previews. We'll get to that later, though. Sophomore athlete from there. Kenya Arias from, or Arias, excuse me, from Cypress Creek High School, Florida. Uh, Gabrielle Cherie, I want to say, Piper High School, Florida. Janai Ferdinand from Jefferson, Florida, Jefferson High School in Florida. Jalen Harris from Edward Pace in Florida, as well as Kayla Harrison from um, Monsignor Edward Pace High School in Florida. You have, I'm, I feel like I'm about to, about to butcher this. I apologize ahead of time. But Lowen Hearn from Verado High School in Arizona. You have Trinity Hutchins from McNeil High School in Texas. Gabriela Ortega, I believe, from Venezuela here. Faith Phillips from Irvington, New Jersey. Irvington High School, New Jersey, I believe. Asia Smith from Cypress Creek High School in Florida. Marisol Troy or Troya, excuse me, from Port Richmond High School in New York. Kalia Walker from Julius C. Chambers High School in North Carolina. Either, I believe that's North Carolina. And then Sania or Sania Walker from Lincoln High School in Florida. Gabriela Zabaleta from Coral Reef High School in Florida. Please let me know if I got any of those wrongs. And, like, not just tell me that I got it wrong, but, like, let me know how to say it. Because I'm hoping to say a lot of these names as the year goes on and they make big plays. So... There you go. But, you know, let's talk about a handful of these players that I think will be key to this program, starting with the transfers, because the interesting thing about Baker is that they were able to take two players from a team in the KCAC in Cotty College, and that is Destiny Martinez and Daniela Gonzalez Takashima. Uh, Daniela, she, I don't believe she saw the field when she was over at Cotty. I don't think I saw her in a game, and I'm, I watched all their games. So maybe I'm just, or most of their games. So maybe I'm just mistaken, but 
She is now at Baker, and she was a great athlete. In last year's season preview, I talked a lot about her liking her as an athlete and being another dynamic playmaker for them. Now that's at Baker, and I think that is absolutely huge for them to get a playmaker like Daniela here, who has played on the international level and, you know, is not phased by the big stage at all. And so I'm really excited to see her play hopefully this season. So I think she's a great addition. The other addition that transferred from Cotty is Destiny Martinez. Uh, got a lot of playing time, I believe, on both sides of the ball. More so, I want to say, at the end of the season. I saw her contribute a lot over at safety, DB. Um, I'm just on defense in general. I felt like she was emerging as a, st a good starter or a significant role player at the very least rotational player for Cotty. And so that's actually a pretty tough loss for Cotty in my opinion. And so now she's at Baker. Um, I'm going to shout out her YouTube channel because I do my research, right? I look at social media. I'm trying to look for film and whatnot. And she has a YouTube channel and, you know, got to film a lot of different practices, uh, Coach Perez and the squad. And so I love it. You know, I love the personality and whatnot there. And so that gave some good insight as well as where this team is and who or may not be in a good spot to take over or not take over but you know be a leader for this team and make big plays for this young program uh, i do want to highlight the two or two more players from florida in janai uh ferdinand here uh from florida and jalen harris from florida as well these were players that i saw I mean, I've seen a lot of their clips on their social media, on Destiny's YouTube channel, and they're just making plays out there, making great catches, being great receivers and whatnot. And obviously, you need, I mean, there, I don't think you could ever have too many great receivers, and you need a number of good receivers at the very least to make a good run and be a very good program as the first year program, which is already tough to do. And so... Definitely looking at those two to be big playmakers there on the offensive side of the football as well as the defensive side of the football. That I do want to shout out Trinity Hutchins from Texas Fury, uh, from Texas as well. She was a mainstay for Fury for a while. I got to watch her years ago playing Indiana. She must have been an underclassman at that point. But, you know, for these last couple years, she has held down the middle of the field for Texas Fury at linebacker. She has a great sense of the game, great instincts. At this point, she feels like a vet when it comes to playing flag football, playing in so many of Fury's games against a lot of big-time competition. And so I assume they'll put her out there at linebacker, and she'll be keen directing traffic and just being a great general for this defense there. And so that's a big pull for Baker to go ahead and get a Texas Fury player. You don't see that a lot. You know, a lot of uh, players going to first-year programs. A lot of players from a program like that going to first-year programs. And so I love to see it, uh, if not for the sake of competition and all that great stuff. So, boom, there you go. I think this is a very talented roster here. They got some sneaky... I don't want to say sneaky playmakers. I think a lot of people know about the playmakers they have. But they have sneakily built... A very good roster that could be an issue here for a lot of teams in the KCAC in my humble opinion so there you go there and add on a great coach and coach Perez I think he's getting those girls right getting those athletes right over there I feel really good 
about where Baker is right now to start. So, with that being said, speaking of starting, let's talk about the teams that they'll be playing. Uh, they'll be playing all the teams of the KCAC, but they'll also play some uh, JUCO teams, junior college teams, and Fort Scott and Heston. Heston, by the way, went to that junior college national championship last year, so that's important to point out. Fort Scott, they're a fine program out there as well. But then they'll just play uh, each of the KCAC teams twice, which includes you know your mainstay teams like Kansas Wesleyan, Bethel, Cotty, uh, Ottawa, St. Mary's, Kansas Wesleyan, who am I missing here? Midland as well. And then they'll also play a fellow new program in Southwestern, which I'll talk about later on in this episode. So there you go there. Uh, not a crazy schedule. I think they could potentially surprise a lot of people and come out swinging here. To start, I mean, they play a fellow first-year program in Southwestern, so in my opinion, I could really go either way. Um, and obviously, everyone's entitled to their opinions there. So, there you go there. Then they play St. Mary's. We'll see how they do this year. They should probably be better. But we'll see. You know, we'll see. I think that could definitely be winnable. Midland is losing their head coach from last year. And so, honestly, I think whenever you lose your head coach... It's definitely working just a little bit there. Then they play Ottawa, so there's that. Then they play Cotty, who I think is a winnable game. Bethel is a winnable game. Graceland, I think, could be a winnable game since they're a first-year program. Then Southwestern as well. So they have a number of winnable games. I think for this year in the KCAC, there's a lot of teams that they can potentially beat. But it could easily go the other way as well you know being a first year program you know not having that experience playing with each other throughout a whole season yet you know and still learning some things as well as they are still a very young team there's going to be some growing pains i am sure of it we'll just have to see in what form it takes you know so with that being said that is baker i am excited to see them play this season i think they've put together a very good program and or a very good base to their program at the very least and, you know, I think it's going to be fun. All right, now moving on, let's go ahead and talk about Life University and their program. They are a first-year program led by head coach Zach Desmaris, uh, or Desmaris, I want to say. Excuse me if I'm saying that wrong. Please, please correct me, please. I appreciate that, so I can make sure to say that right. But, you know, he has a lot of experience. He's a NURSA Flag Football Hall of Famer. By the way, just in case you don't know, NURSA is the organization that the NAIA has based its, most of its flag football rules after. So there you go there. That's definitely big time. He was a former head coach, the former head coach at McEachern High School. They're taking them to four elite A finishes. That's in Georgia, by the way. And he is also the United Flag Football League director. So obviously a lot of experience, definitely not lacking with coach here. And I think that's another solid, you know, person to put in charge of a young program like this one. Now let's go ahead and talk about this roster made up of mostly Florida or sorry, Georgia and Florida players, but mostly Georgia players. I'm just going to go down the line here and uh, list them off. You have Myron McGray, the running back, wide receiver, DB from Sequoia, Georgia. Michaela Morgan, wide receiver, quarterback from Mill Creek in Georgia. Altiera Gooch, wide receiver, safety from Dodge County, Georgia. Kylie Moore from Fairless High School in Ohio. Akira Braithwaite from wide, uh, wide receiver, safety, cornerback 
from ESA in Florida. Jaden Moore from Canton, South Ohio, it looks like. Aaron Rayford, a DB rusher slash corner from McEachern, Georgia. Ava Felite, or Felite, I want to say. Excuse me if I'm saying that wrong. Quarterback, just listed that quarterback from Lambert, Georgia. Um, you have Anaya Brady here, wide receiver, cornerback from Osborne, Florida. Sierra Patton, linebacker, rusher from Decatur, Georgia. Kamaya Graves, you, uh, you just listed as a utility player, so basically athlete, from Westlake, Georgia. Mariah Hodges, DB rusher, punter, and wide receiver from Union Grove in Georgia. And then you have Jayla Wright, wide receiver, quarterback, DB from Dutchtown High School, I assume in Georgia. But really interesting enough, listed her hometown as Colorado Springs, Colorado, which ironically is where I'm recording from right now. And that's interesting. That's definitely interesting there. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get too much into it. But let's go ahead and talk about some key players here. Uh, I got two that I'm really looking at here. Uh, Ava Felite, their quarterback. There's no other player here. Sorry, there's one other player listed at quarterback, and that's Jayla right here. But I believe she's the projected starting quarterback for them for now. Has a solid arm, uh, maybe not the most mobile player, but could give them a solid place to start at as an offense, though. I think there's a lot of potential there, and so to have a quarterback, and I think she is definitely starter-worthy here on the college level, that's going to be huge for them. On top of that, they also have Anaya Brady, the wide receiver, cornerback, athlete from Osborne, Florida. Displayed really good speed and solid agility with the ball in her hands. I think she could also be a really good DB out there for them and nail down one side of that defense or one part of that defense. And I just think she's a big-time playmaker. I think that she's somebody that could emerge potentially as a wideout one and be a starter on defense as well, whether it's corner, safety, whatever. I liked her film a lot, and obviously the competition she's playing against in Florida is always top tier. So, absolutely love that. Now, the rest of these players, I really tried to look for film. It was just a struggle. So, I'm, I'm not quite sure what a lot of these players could do, but I do recognize the names of the high schools and the programs they are coming from, uh, or most of them, that is, here on this roster. So, with that being said, I'm sure they're going to, you know, eventually figure it out. There will be some growing pains there as the first year program, but you definitely have some pieces to work with here. Now, life, they will compete in the Sun Conference, which, as you know, is probably arguably the toughest conference in women's college football right now. So that's tough. But, you know, they are going to start out with some pretty manageable games here. Playing Point University to start their season. And it's kind of interesting because I feel like a lot of teams are playing Point to start their season. Which is either genius scheduling, probably genius scheduling, or just a weird coincidence. So, there you go. But, anyways, life, they start their season versus Point. Then they play Reinhardt, so going ahead and playing the two Georgia teams. And then they play Milligan, who I just talked about earlier on this episode, who I think will be a tough team to beat, honestly. So, there you go there. Following that, they have their Georgia Invitational Tournament. Uh, there's not a lot of information out there in public yet. I'm sure that's going to come as you know we get closer to that date. But that's listed from March 15th to the 17th. Look, looking like it's going to be hosted at Reinhardt. Or on that campus. So that'll be interesting. And then after that, they go ahead and make a trip to Florida to play Florida Gateway, the defending Juco champs, I believe. 
They'll play Florida Memorial, uh, who does have a new head coach, so that could be interesting. They play St. Thomas, a bonafide contender. And then they go back home, and they go ahead and play Weber, Warner, and Milligan. Following that, they go back to Florida to play Kaiser, Warner, and then they come back to Georgia to play Thomas here. Uh, and I'm sure they're going to play each team twice, so this isn't complete. I'm reading it off as of the 24th here. So they're going to play a lot more teams here as they will be competing in the Sun Conference. Their only out-of-conference games, I believe, is Milligan and Florida Gateway. So there you go there. But life, I like what they have to start over there. You know, it's a lot of Georgia players, so we'll see what they got. You know, playing in the Sun Conference, which is really tough. You know, playing in the Sun Conference, it exposes a lot. Good and bad, I would say. And so we'll really see where they are at, depending on how they finish here in this very tough, tough, tough conference. So there you go there. That is Life University. And looking forward to see them play for the first time this season. All right, now let's go ahead and stay in the great state of Georgia and talk about Point University and their new program here, led by head coach Theseus Jackson here. A former wide receiver coach here at Point returning to head up this program. So definitely excited about that. Now let's talk about the players they have starting with Kira Hart, a wide receiver DB from Woodland, Georgia. Uh, listed, by the way, as a grad assistant as well. So she could maybe also be a coach, but maybe could play. We will see, though. Uh, then you have Jordan Palmer, wide receiver DB, another grad player from Statesboro, Georgia. You have Amanda Hewley, wide receiver DB, safety from Opelika, Alaska. Khalil Warriors, I want to say, wide receiver, linebacker, senior from Hinesville, Georgia. Shinedu Nadi, excuse me, wide receiver, linebacker, uh, senior from Tacoma, Washington. You have Destiny Ellison, senior from Sandersville, Georgia. Laney Grace Benefield, wide receiver, linebacker, a junior from Central here in Georgia. Aaliyah Nathan, I want to say. Uh, Russia wide receiver, she's a freshman. Darcy Wright, wide receiver DB, freshman from Valley, Alabama. Jalea Kelly, linebacker rusher, freshman from Central Alabama. Leah Prather, a, a, excuse me, a center wide receiver from Northside, Georgia, a freshman there. You have Caitlin Rayner, a quarterback, freshman from Northgate, Georgia. Maddie, I think it's Motts. I want to say there, or sorry, Motes, wide receiver DB, freshman from Northside, Georgia. You have Alexandria Jackson, an athlete, freshman from Southwest DeKalb, I want to say Georgia. Rakari Jan Janvier, I want to say, wide receiver, freshman, uh, freshman wide receiver, excuse me, from Heritage, Georgia. We also have uh, Christina Johnson, a freshman wide receiver DB from Jordan, Georgia. We have Esther Udo, finally a wide receiver rusher from Osborne, Georgia. I believe she is also a freshman as well there. Uh, sorry, Osborne High School in Georgia. There's so all mostly all high schools that I just listed off there. So uh, looking through the film, a lot of these players are athletes as in they play on the basketball team volleyball team softball team all that stuff and that's usually how it, it goes i would say for first year programs that are just starting out you know you recruit athletes that are already in the school so you got a lot of those uh not a whole ton of experience most of the experience comes from players who played in georgia 
you know, and, you know, obviously flag football has only been around for four years in Georgia. So it is a little bit different over there, just a little bit compared to like a Florida, but still, you know, some experienced players nonetheless. Now, let me talk about some players that really stood out to me that I think will be able to contribute a lot, starting with Esther Udo here, the wide receiver rusher from Osborne High School in Georgia. Um, got to look at her film. A solid rusher who I think has a good nose for the football and can shut down a lot of plays at the line of scrimmage. She has a lot of potential, in my opinion, and can develop into a really good starter with her IQ. As far as athleticism goes, would love to see that first step improve, but, you know, can definitely apply pressure, you know, and speed up that time. And rushers are very important to flag football teams. In my opinion, they are... I mean, you have to have a good rusher to be a contender. And so I think they have a solid one here in Esther Udo. So there is that as well. Now, I want to talk about Matty Motes here real quick. Listen to that wide receiver DB. But I'm also seeing her in a lot of their graphics where she's throwing the ball. A lot of the videos that they've posted on their social media where she's throwing the ball in practices and scrimmages. And so that kind of makes me believe... That she's going to compete or is already the starting quarterback for them. We'll see though. Because you also have Caitlin Raynor, uh, Raynor here. A freshman quarterback. And I think she could also you know, potentially contend as well. We'll see about that. I believe there's going to be a, probably a quarterback battle between those two if it hasn't already happened. And then last but not least, I want to talk about Leah Prather here. Uh, she was a four-year player in Georgia. Uh, playing in high school there and went to a number of semis and championships. I believe she's a proven winner and can do a lot for that culture and just be a good mainstay being a very experienced player for them. I also believe she was their first signee to a uh, point here. And so we'll we'll see what happens. You know, we'll definitely see what happens. I got some pieces here. Got a lot of players you know, who are two-way athletes or who I just couldn't find film on, so I just don't know, just being completely honest there. And so I don't want to act like I could just, you know, project and start predicting how their season's going to go because I'm sure there's going to be a couple athletes who will be surprise players this season who I haven't talked about yet. Now, talking about their schedule, they will play in the Sun Conference, which is pretty tough. The only out-of-conference games they're playing is Campbellsville and Milligan, as well as Junior College Gateway. They have a very similar schedule uh, to a lot of the teams I've talked about so far here playing life to start. Then they play Campbellsville and Milligan at West Point, as well as Kaiser, I believe, too, uh, to start that out. And then they have that Georgia Invitational. So very similar schedule to life here. And honestly, I don't know what to expect. You have a lot of players who haven't played or I don't feel like have as much experience as a lot of the teams that they will play in the Sun Conference here. Um, not Obviously, not just on the college level, but the high school level slash club level even. And that is a little bit concerning. But, you know, it is what it is moving forward. I think there are definitely a number of winnable games. I don't expect them to not win a game. They should win a good amount here uh, for a first-year program. But there's going to be some learning curves here and some, you know, bumps in the road. But I think all you could do is learn and continue to keep it moving over there and learn from what happens. So there you go there. That is point. All right, now let's go ahead and come back to the KCAC here and talk about another new team that will be joining that conference, and that is Southwestern College, led by head coach Noah Harris. So a very interesting story here 
He was the longtime girls flag football head coach at West Valley High School here from 2014-2018 and was the head coach over there for one more season in 2021. And then it looked like he originally accepted the job at Pratt Community College here as their head girls flag football coach before being hired. It looked like, I could be mistaken though, but it looked like that same year in December just a little bit ago by Southwestern. And so here he is at this four-year college, uh, which I, I want to say Southwestern College, or at least this one is in Kansas. So there you go there. Now let's talk about the roster here. Um, a lot of players. So Mallory Lund, a safety receiver, senior from Northwest Kansas, uh, Northwest High School in Kansas. Elisa Lamas, I want to say, rusher, linebacker, receiver, junior from Canyon High School, Texas. Tegan Smith, Utility player slash wide receiver, junior from Charles Page High School in Oklahoma. Viviana Solis, cornerback, wide receiver, running back, quarterback, Jesus, just a straight athlete, sophomore from San Antonio, Texas. Davina Little, center linebacker, freshman from Spring Valley High School in Nevada. Carla Lopes, wide receiver, safety, running back from Miami Beach High School in Florida. She's a freshman, by the way. Miranda Dooley, quarterback, safety, freshman from Spring Valley High School in Nevada. Simi Bosco, running back, wide receiver, linebacker, freshman from Coronado High School in Nevada. And then you have Roselli, center slash rusher, uh, freshman from Fort Pierce Westwood High School in Florida here. Let's talk about the key players starting with their quarterback Miranda Dooley from Spring Valley High School, Nevada. Um, a six foot player, I believe. The six foot freshman quarterback could be the tallest quarterback, starting quarterback that is in women's college football if she gets to start the season, which I assume she will. Looking at her film, I think she has a really solid arm. I think you could even be further improved with an off-season working on those mechanics because I honestly think she has a cannon. Um, but with the right mechanics, it could really get her right there and, you know, use her arm to the best of her abilities. But she has a really good arm, in my opinion. I also think she's a good athlete and can keep a lot of plays alive with her ability to run and just be mobile. Uh, I am a little worried just about how well she sees the field here. But... Honestly, you learn by making mistakes and getting out there and doing your thing, learning from experiences. And I honestly think she can be what Kenzie Murdoch was for Cotty College coming out of Nevada, but be that for Southwestern College here. And that is a cornerstone for this program. I think she has a lot of potential, could be a very good quarterback for them, and that's definitely somebody to feel good about to work and build around. On top of that, they also get Carla Lopes from Miami Beach High School in Florida. Uh, I think she has very reliable hands for a receiver and, you know, is one of only two Florida players on this team, which I think is huge. And, you know, Florida players, they're a commodity. And so for her to join this roster, that could be huge for the culture of this team. And honestly, I think she could be a very reliable option for this team that just Racks up a whole lot of receptions. I like her hands. And I think her and Dooley could be a very, very good duo for the Southwestern squad. And then last but not least, I do want to shout out Davina Little here. Uh, or I believe that's how you say that. Another solid linebacker from Nevada. She's a great flag puller with her. And honestly, with her experience, she can contribute a lot to a program who has a good amount of players who are newer 
flag football players and so i like i like the experience that they're able to recruit a good mix of experience and solid athletes here we'll see who rises to the occasion and plays well but i think they have a good core here to start now their schedule they're gonna play the kcac only out of conference schedule they have will be against heston college which is a juco in kansas i believe but other than that it's a full kcac schedule and i think you know this is a team that has a lot of potential you know has a lot of potential i don't know which way it'll go win or lose um or wins and losses but honestly win or lose this is a team that's going to learn a lot this season and have a lot to work with going into next season as well and be a very good team. Uh, hopefully a good and solid team moving forward. I like the pieces they have over there. I think they have some real good players who could develop into cornerstones for this program. And, you know, they'll just build off of that, which is extremely important here for this first year team. So there you go there. That is Southwestern College. Looking forward to seeing them compete in the KCAC. All right, now the next college I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about kind of quick here because I honestly don't know if they will compete this year. But it's Graceland University here. They would compete in the KCAC. As of right now, though, January 24th, there's like no roster. There's no schedule. They're on other people's schedules, but there's not a lot here. Um, they've went through a couple of different coaches right now. And I mean, and they've only, they haven't played yet. So there's that as well. But their current head coach, I believe, is Greg Criswell. They hosted tryouts um, back in, like walk-on tryouts back in the fall. It had to be rescheduled. And then I don't know what happened after that, to be honest. Uh, roster's not available. Schedule's not available here. Uh, by the way, Coach Criswell was a former player at Graceland, so there is that. But yeah, anyways, roster's not available. Schedule's not available. I assume they will be made up of a lot of locals uh, or athletes already at the college, but we will see if they are able to field a team that would be the another new team that would join the KCAC. But... I mean, I feel like they were supposed to join last year. It didn't happen. This year, they were supposed to. We'll see what happens. So, there you go. They just wanted to make sure I put all of that out there, though. So, I covered all my bases. Um, and that's it for this episode. So, thank you so much for rocking with us. Make sure you go ahead and show some love on social media. At Playmakers Corner on Twitter slash X, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok as well. We'll be posting, you know, little TikToks of these season previews and whatever other clips we get there as well. Uh, because we're going to talk about all the teams that will be playing here in this 2024 Women's College Flag Football season in NAIA, that is. Uh, unfortunately, we will not cover junior college programs this season, which we didn't before, but just making sure I put that out there. So we'll talk about the KCAC next. That should be the next episode. And then uh, eventually we'll talk about the Sun Conference as well. Uh, definitely looking forward to this season. I have some more help as well. I have two other people who are going to help me out as well as Cody per usual. But really excited to cover it this season. So there you go there. And I will catch you later.